Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Friday, March 5th. Today on the show, you will hear from Nashville author Andrew Marinus about his new book. We've got a huge weekend of college hoops across the state. The Nashville Predators are working their way closer to the edge of the rebuilt cliff. But we begin with some really good news for the Tennessee Titans. The 440 is built every single morning by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning and locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. Let's keep it simple today. They care a whole lot about everything. About treating their clients so well that they don't even think of you as a client, but more like a partner. Yes, that's very, very cheesy, but it is no less true. They want you to live in a home that you're proud of, that makes you happy, and that, oh, by the way, will appreciate with the work that they do. They are invested in your property the way you are. For all of the proof that you will ever need, check out the website. That's buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. The Titans got some great news on Thursday when Field Yates of ESPN reported the league-wide salary cap-adjusted carryover. Basically, in layman's terms, the Titans picked up about $7 million in cap space to work with in 2021. The free agency period begins on March 17th, and many, myself included, have assumed that the Titans would have to rework some contracts to create some space to bring back some of their key pieces or go after some new ones. Well, waiting on this figure to be finalized is one very obvious reason why the Titans have not announced or done anything except cut Adam Humphreys to this point. Now that the entire financial map is laid out, John Robinson and cap surgeon Vin Marino can now be more shrewd with how they touch up those contracts, should they want to do that. You can only put off cap hits for so long, and eventually you'll have to eat those numbers. So you got to be careful with how much you push down the road and, and not overdo it. But for a team with lots of in-house free agents who appear to be critical pieces and some glaring holes that need filling... Thursday news was a huge deal for the Tennessee Titans. I know the game was super exciting, very entertaining, lots of action, but frankly, there really isn't much left to discuss about the Nashville Predators hockey team on the ice. Florida won Thursday night 5-4, scoring twice in the first nine minutes and never really looking back, despite a lot of scoring chances for both teams. The Preds had two goals called back, probably the right calls. The Panthers are now one point out of first place in the division, and Nashville has to face Florida again on Saturday at 1 p.m. before heading out on an eight-game road trip against mostly the best teams in the Central Division. All of this points to one thing. When are we going to get the first big sign that the rebuild is underway? What is the first big move? Philip Forsberg is a piece that many, myself included, have believed is untouchable, like Roman Yossi. But Forsberg is going to go after a huge contract, and if he is going to ask for $9 million per year, let's just say, then doing the hard thing to kickstart the rebuild process might be the smartest move. Matthias Ekholm, Victor Arvidsson, Ryan Ellis, Pekka Rene, these are all names that are woven into the fabric of Smashville forever, regardless of what happens this season. But I do suggest fans prepare themselves now to say goodbye, because the only way this franchise can truly rebuild is if they rip the Band-Aid off as quickly as possible. The only real question is which domino falls first, and when. David Poyle has no choice. Acquire as much capital and as many assets as you can before the trade deadline on April 12th. That is his new job. What is the point of forcing your fans to watch blowouts most nights if you're not going to use those losses to help your draft status? Here's your college basketball weekend slate. Belmont is two wins away from an automatic bid and an OVC tourney title. 
They will play in the semifinal at 7 p.m. Central Time on Friday evening, and should they advance, would play in the title game on Saturday at 7 o'clock on ESPN2. Tennessee wraps up its regular season at home against Florida on Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Time in what is the absolute final game of the SEC regular season for any team. Alabama has clinched the regular season championship and top seed in the SEC tournament next week. Arkansas is locked in as the two seed, and for now, LSU is your three seed and locked into the top four entering the final weekend. This is where things get interesting, and it's all about Tennessee and Florida. The Gators are a half game up on the Vols for fourth place in the standings, and of course, that all-important double bye in the SEC tournament. Should Tennessee win, they would jump Florida and would steal that four seed and double bye. A Florida win, and the Gators would be your four seed, and the Vols could fall all the way to seventh place, depending on what happens with Missouri and Ole Miss. As of Thursday evening, Joe Lenardi has five SEC teams in the NCAA tournament. Alabama is a two seed, Arkansas is a three, Tennessee is a seven, Missouri is an eight, Florida is an eight, Ole Miss is one of the first eight teams out, and LSU is nowhere to be found. The SEC tournament begins on Wednesday, next week at Bridgestone Arena. In the pro ranks, Memphis fell 112-111 to on Thursday night to Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks in a truly enjoyable display of basketball at the FedEx Forum. The Grizzlies head into the NBA All-Star Game weekend at 16-16 and on the season and sitting just a game out of the playoffs. They will not play again until hosting Washington next Wednesday. This week on Lamestream Sports, we had Nashville author Andrew Marinus on the program for an extended conversation about his brand new book, Singled Out, the true story of Glenn Burke, the first openly gay Major League Baseball player and the guy who invented the high five. Andrew, of course, wrote Strong Inside, the story of Perry Wallace, who desegregated the SEC. So he's, he's carved out a really important niche for himself, in my opinion, as it pertains to sports and social issues, social justice issues. And of course, this the new book out this week, Singled Out, go check it out. Here's an excerpt of our conversation from Lamestream Sports, where Andrew sort of explains why he settled on writing about Perry Wallace and Glenn Burke. So, you know, I'm trying to develop a niche as somebody that writes narrative nonfiction that's sports and social justice related. So my first book, Strong Inside, about Perry Wallace, who was the first black uh, basketball player in the SEC. My second book is Games of Deception, which is about the first U.S. Olympic men's basketball team that played at the 1936 Olympics in Nazi Germany. And so I just thought it would be an interesting way to write about baseball, which is my favorite sport, and also about gay rights movement and what was happening in the country in the 1970s. Uh, you know, through this lens of a baseball player, but hopefully about so much more than just sports, which is, it's it's that idea of telling a story that maybe people know just that top line, you know, or they've heard that trivia that Perry Wallace desegregated the SEC or that Glenn Burke was the first gay player, but they don't know the full story behind it. And so I'm less interested in writing about somebody like Jackie Robinson, you know, whose story is, is pretty well known, you know, but the Jackie Robinson of the SEC, Perry Wallace, like to me, that was, it was worth telling because I felt like it would be a crime if this man lived his life and died and people just didn't know the real story. Uh, Glenn Burke, he was written about some in the 80s, you know, when he came out uh, in the mid 90s when he was dying of AIDS, you know, and so I think that uh, these stories kind of come and go through the pop culture. And in this moment, I felt like the time was right for a story like this. You know, most people, if they hear the name Glenn Burke, first of all, they've never heard of him. Second, they might know those pieces of trivia like we talked about. For me, I just remembered his 1978 baseball card, but I didn't know his story, you know, and um, I found people that had never been interviewed before 
you know, uh, good friends of his in San Francisco, lovers of his, the social worker that found him living uh, homeless in a hotel in the Tenderloin District and was able to really expand uh, Glenn's story in ways that haven't been written about before. Special thanks to Andrew for giving us a lot of his time this week over on Lamestream Sports with myself and Steve Cavendish. Again, the book singled out the true story of Glenn Burke out this week. I cannot recommend Andrew's work enough. Get strong inside, go get singled out, get games of deception, get it all. It's fantastic reading, especially for young people uh, that want to learn more about the history of sports in this country uh, and how it's tied into our society. It's fantastic stuff. Go check out the podcast, rate, review, and subscribe, and buy the book as well. The 440 is brought to you every morning by the Kingston Group. You guys know the spiel by now. They are Nashville's award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. I was talking to the guys the other day, and they said something to me that really hit home. They said, we want to get on the same side of the table as quickly as possible with our clients. And it's a simple way of saying, let's make sure that our process is aligned with your vision. And because so many people approach a major decision like a remodel or a custom build with lots of apprehension, the Kingston Group's goal is to remove all of that anxiety from the equation. They work for and with you. Their process is about care, consideration, and craftsmanship. The work speaks for itself, and you can check it out. The website is buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.